Sneaker lovers, I'm back. It's been a while. We have some catching up to do on this Fire Footwear. What is up, sneaker fam? All the sneaker lovers out there, whether you are in the U.S. or international, I am glad to be back. It has been a while, hasn't it? The last time I put out content was February of 2022. It seems like it's a long time ago. It feels like ancient history at this point. I created this show, which was called Sneaker Love with Matty Ice, in October of 2021 because I felt like maybe there was an appetite for some sneaker-specific content. What ended up happening in my life at that point was that I felt like I was doing way too much work, spreading myself too thin, and honestly spreading my creativity a little bit too thin because I was trying to get so many different content avenues spread out through four or five different podcasts. What I have come to learn is that this show continued to be listened to. The support that you all had given it even when it was in production continued to grow even though I hadn't come out with content over the last seven months and I was looking at the numbers the other day, which I often do, and I noticed that there had been steady growth over the last seven months. I'm not really sure why, but I have to say at the outset, thank you. Anybody and everybody who has listened in the last seven months continuing to get the show to be noticed. I mean, at some point it popped on the Apple podcast charts for one of the categories. Just to give everybody an idea, that has never happened for any of my other shows. So when I thought about it, I thought maybe there is an appetite for sneaker content. Maybe sneaker culture has gotten to the point where we are divorced from all the drama that has been happening and people just want to talk about some sneaker stories. And that is where Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast came from and why the catchphrase for the show is sneaker stories, because I realized that everybody has a story. But before we get into the topic of the day, I want to talk about what's been going on in my life. Well, obviously, I'm still podcasting the Matty Ice Media Network, which you should check out at www.mattyicemedia.com. We've added podcasts. We've got so many things going on. My life has been really, really great. My family is great. My sneaker collection is great. I've copped a few things this year, although I have to admit that my love for sneakers, I think because of the fact that the market is so weird, is so saturated, it just makes it difficult to care as much as I once used to. I can't put that kind of time and mental energy into trying to cop every single shoe. So what my paradigm has become now is that I'm happy with what I have, and when it's time to cop, I go out and cop, and that's basically where I have found myself today. What have I copped this year since the old show, Sneaker Love, became something of the past? Well, I just recently picked up some Amamanier 3s. Now, I did an episode at the end of last year talking about the shoe of 2021. Ironically enough, it was the Amamanier 3s. Now, I made that call having never physically seen the shoe in person. And now having a pair of them for my own, I have to say that they are as advertised. And I don't feel regretful for choosing them at the time because the materials, the craftsmanship, the story, it all fits. I did an episode of my other show, Drip, Trip, and Spill, about sneakers with backstories and that sneakers with backstories or stories behind the design, while maybe secondary to whether the shoe aesthetically looks good, those tend to be the ones that I gravitate toward more because I feel as if they have a little bit more oomph behind them that maybe they mean something a little bit more to the culture. And the Ama Manier 3s 100% fit the bill for all of those. Like I said, craftsmanship, materials, there was a thought and care into how they designed that shoe. And just putting it on your feet, it feels like a luxury shoe. And I have to admit, I'm not the biggest Jordan 3 wearer. Those are outstanding. So if you do not have a pair of those, however you need to get it, rep or retail, go out and get it because they are wonderful. 
picking those up at the same time, I did get my wife a replica pair of the Nike Dunk Low Blue Lobsters. I have a pair of those as well. Those are such an old shoe that it's impossible to get a retail pair, or at least impossible to get a halfway wearable retail pair, I should say. Maybe it's not impossible, but the money that you're gonna need to spend to do that is a little bit more than I'm willing to spend. And my wife isn't into sneakers the way that other people are. She likes the ones that she sees, especially ones that I have in my collection. And she said one day, you know, I really want a pair of those. So I got a pair of those and they're just great. No matter what the size, big or small, they're wonderful. I also copped a pair of Easy 350s for her. She'd never had a pair. She absolutely loves them. It's the synth colorway and she is 100% hooked on them. I can't get her on the 700s just yet because I think those are a little bit too dad shoe, maybe chunky for her. We'll see what happens. I also got a big shipment of Jordan 1s earlier in the year. Some classics like the bread toe and of course the shattered backboards. You know, you gotta have some of the classics in your collection and it's a mixture of rep and retail of course, but at the same time, you just have to have a nice little rotation. And one thing that has happened for me is I've gotten away a little bit from the hype machine. I think when I got into the replica game, it was easy to get caught up in that because I think that's where sneaker culture is. But I myself have found simplicity to be ruling the day. And of course I have some out there ones. I have replica pairs of some really, really out there ones that I like to wear every so often. But as far as just having an everyday rotation, I've gotten to the point where it's just nice to have some simple colorways in my rotation that I know are gonna, they're gonna work for a lot of different outfits that I have. And it's just, that's where I kind of am today. But what has happened in sneaker culture since the last episode came out? Well, I feel like a lot of things have happened. And yet somehow, despite all of these crazy events, and we'll get to some of those in a minute, somehow sneaker culture and the sneaker world still hasn't had its bubble burst yet. Prices continue to soar. Nothing is available. It's so competitive. And I feel like it still has lost what it once had. And that's really gonna be the main topic for today. But before, let's talk about some of the things that have happened. First of all, the Zeta Kick scandal. I talked about that on my other show, Drip, Trip, and Spill. And boy, so many people got hustled by that. The idea of pre-orders in the sneaker market really was a revolutionary idea because people would love to pay a little bit more than retail to guarantee themselves the shoes that they wanted. And yet what we found out is that the person who started this business couldn't keep up with the demand. And I'm not sure how they didn't think about that when they came up with it, because sneaker demand has only continued to rise. People are thirsty. They're, they're almost ravaging for these shoes. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous in a way. But this person put themselves out there and they made themselves so vulnerable that they bit off way more than they could chew. And the IRS is now all over them and the FBI is all over them. I mean, we're talking about the fact that they took 600,000 pre-orders for the cool gray Jordan 11s. There's no way they could have met that kind of demand, not in today's world. And it looks like a lot of people are gonna be stiffed out of some money and especially some sneakers. Now sneakers are sneakers, but they are currency in a lot of places. They are worth a lot of money. And so the Zeta Kick scandal kind of gave a lot of, I don't know, to me, I feel like it shined a light on the fact that we are getting ridiculous with this. Also in the news, StockX letting fakes pass their authentication process. Now, maybe this isn't new, but the fact that they sold them to Nike or Nike ended up being the recipient of five pairs of them was definitely news. And Nike and StockX have been all over each other. Nike suing StockX for the NFT stuff. It's been kind of a ridiculous ride. And speaking of ridiculous rides, Kanye and Adidas seem to be at odds. And just today, as I was preparing the notes for this episode, Kanye said that he is done with Adidas and Gap at the end of this contract, and he is going to find a way personally to get his creative outlets out there. The whole Yeezy Day thing was insane. He saying that they didn't have permission, all these colorways that they came out with selling that they didn't have permission to sell. And then of course, Adidas coming out with their own quote unquote original silhouettes 
that look an awful lot like some things that Kanye West has brought to the table as part of his collaboration and business partnership with Adidas. And it's just insane. And he says he's gone. Now, in some ways I can understand his frustration, but at the other side of the coin or on the other side of the coin, I can also see the fact that what ends up being the case is let's take off white, for example, they hit a home run with the 10 and they're just gonna saturate that. And then they're gonna try and mimic it in a way that is not quite it, but it's close enough. The DIY deconstructed look, man, that was huge for a while. And that's all because of the off-white, the 10 collection. So it's going to happen. And I think Kanye and, or Yee or whatever his name is, he's just going through quite a bit and he's just really frustrated. And I will be interested to see what happens with Kanye after this, because I think that he does have a very creative mind, but without the backing of a huge brand and the resources of a huge brand, I'll be interested to see if people are continuing to flock to his brand without the kind of resources that he has had with Nike and Adidas at his side. Lastly, more recently, there has been footage or pictures of shipping containers that have been broken into and absolutely, I guess, ravaged through by sneaker people or whoever. And it was shipments of sneakers that have just been absolutely stolen, ripped through. This is where we are, folks. This is what sneakers has become. It's not about the love of the shoe. It's not about collecting or wearing or appreciating where a sneaker has come from. It's just about the money. I'm not certain that every single person who was in those shipping containers who robbed those shipping containers was somebody who was trying to make money, but that's what sneakers seems to represent. That's a perfect segue into the topic of this week, and it is, what is an old head in sneakers? I think in every other scenario, an old head is basically somebody who has been around a long time and is, I don't wanna say as a curmudgeon necessarily, but is certainly somebody who's been around long enough to say the young people are ridiculous. And you can apply this to a lot of different things. An old head and just about any, I guess, any social network or any social group that you could possibly think of, any fad, anything. But I wanted to think about it in terms of sneakers specifically because you have heard or I do hear that word quite often associated with certain kinds of people. What is an old head in sneakers to me? First of all, I consider them an OG and I am not one of these people. I just want to preface that out front. I see a, an old head in sneakers as somebody who has been in the game for a while possibly decades, multiple decades. I see them as somebody who is kind of a divorced a little bit from hype pieces, like they can enjoy the aesthetic nature of them. And maybe every so often a hype piece is something that they have to have. But for the most part, the classics are what really bring them to the table. Those are their prizes. I think that they're nostalgic for old times. They're nostalgic for the times when you could go to a store and camp out or go online before it was crazy, when not everybody had access that way. Or when there was a shock drop on Twitter, like the Red October Yeezy 2s. Or how about just going to a store with some friends and buying some sneakers at retail right then and there? Because not every single shoe sold out to the point that you couldn't just walk in and buy some shoes. I think that old heads really miss some of that stuff. They miss the days of looking through catalogs. They miss the days of the physical nature of actually being a collector. I think that every old head has some type of an origin story that is kind of linked to the old ways. Many people, if you talk about athletes or celebrities, you hear the story a lot of times and it's very cliche, but it's true about how their parents couldn't afford to get them anything, but they remember the time that their parent or their uncle or whoever bought them their first pair of Jordans. Now, I happen to have a family member who has this kind of story. He is not a sneaker person. He's not a collector, but he told me once about his uncle who worked at Foot Locker. This is way back in 1990 and was able to get him a pair of Jordan 5s, the Fire Reds. Early on in the pandemic, those dropped, and I was able to get a pair of those during the last dance, and I remember I got a pair for him. 
I didn't particularly want them, although I can appreciate them. They don't look that great on me. I wanted to make sure that I could get a pair. And I remember gifting them to him and sending them to him. And he was so thankful. And it just brought back so many memories. And I feel like there are a lot of people who have been at this for so long that they can remember that origin story. My origin story isn't that old. It's only four years old. And while it means something to me, I'm still new in this process. I kind of reacquainted myself and I missed so much time between my childhood when I was into sneakers, but my parents couldn't afford them until I actually was able to afford them. I think that many old heads are actually collectors and they have been for a while. And I don't mean excessive collectors, but I think they have collections of the classics. And that brings me to the idea of remembering when Michael Jordan actually, number one, played basketball, and number two, actually played basketball in his shoes. It has been so long since Michael Jordan has taken the court that I think we forget that many of the silhouettes that we're craving, Jordan 1s, Jordan 3s, Jordan 4s, 5, 6, 7, 8, Michael played in all of those, won championships in a lot of those. And they have a significance other than just being aesthetically pleasing or something that everybody wants, a hype piece. Like Travis Scott can come out with the Jordan 1s and that's all well and good. I'm not saying that that's bad, but it's so completely divorced and far away from when Michael Jordan actually played basketball. You look at the Jordan 1 Chicago, which is being reimagined later in the year. That means something because it harkens back to a time when people could go to a mom and pop store and actually buy these things, get the old school receipt, or people would find these things in their parents' basement. They forgot that they had them. That kind of stuff is long gone. And I think, honestly, old heads are really the truest of all sneaker lovers. And sure, some old heads have become hype beasts now. Some old heads have gotten caught up in the resale market. I mean, there's money to be made. I'm not going to sit here and judge people who are trying to make money off sneakers. It's not really fair. And there are some old heads who are in that game. But I know some of these people, and I know that they are reselling because they themselves, they're playing the game. They're not willing to go to reps. They're not willing to sit something out because sneakers mean something to them. It means something more than just what's on their feet. There's a story, there's an emotional connection. And so they're reselling shoes because they themselves wanna buy the shoes that they want. And that's why I'll never be an old head because economically speaking, I just can't see myself paying the kind of money that people have to pay these days for a pair of shoes because I know that I'm going to wear them. And so I have no judgment and never have by the way anybody wants to live their sneaker life. I choose to have a mixture of rep and retail, mostly rep because honestly, the prices are just so outrageous. And as somebody who is building a business with the Matty S Media Network, buying equipment and supporting a family, having a young kid who's now in school and that costs money. I can't put the kind of money and resources into shoes because it's just not something that gives me that return on investment. But I do appreciate sneakers and always have. And that's one thing I wanna stress out, that this show, this podcast started a sneaker love and it still is about the love. It should always be about that. I don't want any judgment here. All I want is stories. I want sneaker talk. I want to reminisce about sneakers. I want to hear about the old days. And I'm going to have some people on here eventually that are going to drop some knowledge. They're going to have those stories. I'm hoping to have some old heads on here to talk about what it was like when we were kids. I mean, I'm almost 40 years old. Had I been into sneakers when I was a young kid, I would have been into sneakers when Michael was basically becoming who he was. And you think about the first championship, 1991, I was eight years old. Perfect time to get into sneakers. Perfect time to be obsessed with things like that. And maybe I would have if my parents had the means, but they just didn't see the value in it because honestly, they saw the value in things like vacations and other memories. And I think that just has been instilled in me that I'm going to put my money into something that's gonna give me more of a return. But I do love sneakers. I love talking about it with people. And that's the point of this show. So if you are listening and you have stuck with me 
since the hiatus started, which wasn't ever supposed to end. It was an indefinite hiatus. I want to say thank you, but I want to give you the opportunity to share your story with me. So reach out on Instagram. FireFootwearPod is now the handle for the Instagram account. It used to be Maddie Ice Sneakers, and that's where you can DM me. I want to hear some stories. I want to hear what your origin story is, why you love sneakers, and I want to share them here on the pod. And that's really all that I'm hoping to accomplish is to just have some talks about sneakers. Nothing about judgment on who does what or who doesn't do what. It's just not what I'm in this game for. I'm in the game to love, and that's what I want all of you to be. So I appreciate all of you coming back to the show. I really, really do. I hope that this finds you well, and I will talk to you again real, real soon. Take care, everybody. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guest, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.